Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that maybe we should abolish the draft, but we should abolish capitalism first. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hey everybody, this is All Sports Are Bad. I am Patrick on the internet. And I am Jake Whipple. And we are here with our first guest ever. Ruben Poling. Ruben Poling, fantasy author, sports writer. Yeah, thanks a ton for having me guys. I'm really happy to be here. You were not lying about the NPR voice. Yeah, yeah I practice that a lot. Like like I said, like I, I come into podcasts with this very polished, I'm so happy to be here voice. And then by halfway through, I'm just like, man, what the fuck? You're going to fit yeah. in great. With that intro, I was like, do you want my, do you actually want to sit here? Do you actually want to do this? I got the notes right here. You can host this podcast. You might as well, really. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we uh, get going? Like, you want? do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, you know. No, no, I really like. I have. Tell us about the movie you're coming into, like, that you're gonna be in, or. No. <laughs> no. God, I God damn not. it! I blew that joke already. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no, I don't really have a lot to plug. I'm working on a couple things right now, but you know, I uh, I've written for Bacovi Chronicles. Uh, I wrote for Era Sports back when that was still a thing. Uh, right now, I mostly just tweet about sports. Um, whenever I have something go viral, I'm like, I don't even have a SoundCloud. Here's a picture of my cat. <laughs> but um, I do uh, I organize locally with the International Socialist Organization um, so I've been trying to uh, get more involved in labor struggles across a couple, you know, a lot of different sectors. Obviously, sports labor is a whole nother fucking world. Socialism is good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so uh, I'm just going to get it started right off the bat. Get Manny some. Machado rumored seven years 175 uh what do you guys think of that that's incredibly low for that player like there's not a lot there um so at seven years 175 that's less than that's what 25 million dollars a year um which that's not very good for a player of that caliber like even like because uh, a-rod at his 260 10-year contract from the rangers back in the 90s or I guess the early 2000s, would beat that salary. Yeah. And we're talking about a player who's comparable in yeah. terms of war and overall production and defensive acumen. So. And I think he's younger now than A-Rod was when he signed that deal. Uh, fans, That's yeah. the White Sox, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fans of 29 other teams should be mad that their team's not outbidding them. Like, he plays short, he plays third. Uh, maybe Cleveland is the only team I can think of who could be like, no, nah, we're Ira, I guess... But just like every team, you know, you, you, you find a way to play Manny Machado. So okay. maybe, like, conservative estimate, 20 there's, teams should beat that deal. There's always a spot for a Manny Machado, I think. Yeah. Like, you can, like, like you said, he plays multiple positions. Like, I guarantee he's better than either your third baseman or your shortstop. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I don't care what team you're on. Like, fucking, what's his, what's his primary position? Is it third base? Shortstop. Shortstop? Okay, yeah. yeah. Then I can think of a billion teams who should probably play him, including the Indians, actually, because who's their, who's their big guy? Uh, Jose Ramirez? Oh, yeah, he could play second, too, I yeah. think. They've been yeah. playing him at second. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Other players can move around. Yeah, I, yeah. I take it back. 29 teams. Get mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel 
like everyone could yeah. most most teams could use him. I don't know about the Dodgers so much because it'd be it'd be difficult to, if Corey Seager comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but like he's still better than Corey Seager, and like That's Corey true. Seager can't figure out how to catch balls thrown to him by other guys at first. Like, <laughs> or they can sure move Justin. Could. They can move yeah. Justin Turner to second or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um, no sweat, no sweat. Yeah. but I mean, I think the the interesting story here is not just that Machado's getting lowballed, but the backlash from that, which was his agent coming out with a statement that refuted it and basically said that this is you know this contract was leaked to try to game the market and uh making i I believe his agent implied something that is completely true which is that the major league baseball account at mlb tweeted out uh the term you know these rumored terms that is a violation of the cba yeah no the cba and he he didn't even apply he explicitly pointed out that it is against the cba to use the media to influence um contract negotiations which is exactly what this looks like yeah yeah like they're publishing their offer in order to help set the market for a given player it's pretty incredible i mean i mean it's such a disrespectful offer uh and it it just looks like these teams or that these owners are just trying to set this market so yeah. low, so astronomically low. Like I remember, you you talked about A Rod and his contract. He was a ten win player, so but that was also back in like nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So like, like but that, yeah. a seven a seven win player average is what he is. I, I believe he should be making he, this should be set at three fifty. So oh, at, at a the minimum, minimum. Yeah. that's where that's the starting point for a Manny Machado. Yeah. Maybe Bryce is down to three hundred. But and then, like, this is the market the owners built for themselves. Like, nobody right. forced them to offer any of these deals to anybody. They just did it. And now they're mad that they fucked it up for themselves. Like, no, they can all definitely go to hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's been the structure for so long that players are underpaid on the front end and overpaid on the back end. Like, when Albert Pujols got that insane deal from the yeah. Angels, everyone was like, that deal's really stupid, because it was, because yeah. Albert Pujols was washed. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Way Jerry too much. DePoto, but it's also like, you get it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, fuck Jerry DePoto. <laughs> oh, Lord. Official stance, again. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, um, but so the, the trend for these, you know, high, high-end contracts for players who are on the decline, which Machado and Harper are not on the decline. They're both 26. Not, oh, yeah, they're about um, to have their best years. Yeah, that's always been the, uh, the way that this entire structure works, and the fact that owners don't want it to work that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, people like to talk about how... Uh, teams are getting smarter, right? That free agents are no longer getting overpaid because baseball teams have all gotten smarter. And they're right, but they haven't gotten smarter about player evaluation. They've just gotten smarter about the fact that they can get away with this shit. Yeah. That, you know, for the first six years of a player's career... Okay, one way they have gotten smarter, I think, is that players are getting to the majors when they're at their best. There's no longer this, like development curve where you come in you're a rookie you're figuring it out and by like age 27 that's when you're at your best players are awesome as soon as they hit the majors because teams are getting better at developing them in the minors but because of that you've created this thing where like the best years of a player's career are when they're getting paid bullshit and can't go where they want to go their first six years yeah and then it's really easy to depress that contract value going forward because like you're already through your prime like because 
And one of the things that's also worth noting with uh, what you're saying is that that improvement in developing players means that process takes longer. This is why we didn't get mm. Vlad Guerrero Jr. last year. Oh, yeah. well, that in fucking service time manipulation. Exactly. Yeah, it's, which is all extremely weird. And yeah. like, I don't, I don't care for any of it. Like, you tell me you wouldn't pay five hundred grand to make sure you have Vlad Guerrero Jr. locked up for the next five years? Like, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would absolutely pay that. Well, that's but. they want to have him locked up for the next six years so they don't yeah. promote him this year because yeah. when Vlad Guerrero is a free you know he comes up to the majors then he's a free agent in six years the Blue, J Blue Jays will be going like uh well we can't pay Vlad that much because we need the money for I don't know whoever's going to be a free agent two years after that who they're also not going to pay yeah. right which is where this is heading yeah they wanted him for their where where they foresee their window of competition yeah. to open and which but, is not now yeah, but you yeah. should want yeah. your best player and it's, it's also timing mathematics yeah. like it's about like trying to like they're trying to manipulate contracts so that everything is financially perfect yeah. for them at, in a given, like, three- to four-year yeah. window when they see themselves being the mm -hmm. most competitive. And it's not just the window. Like, that's that's the thing, is that any team's... Windows come along out of nowhere. Look at the Braves. Like, they were garbage for a few years, and then last year, like, everything clicked. You can Yeah, you can push windows open. You can extend how long mm -hmm. they're open. But teams are more interested in holding the line on cost control because they've sold the fans that... They have sold the fantasy of more wins in the future. Fans yeah. are, they've yeah. successfully gotten fans Absolutely. to be interested in that more than they are in actually winning games now. Yeah. I blame the Sixers personally. But. <laughs> you know, this, I was talking about that. I was talking to someone about that earlier today. The Sixers were just really good at the PR aspect of that. Like, yeah. they doubled down on being shitty for a minute, but, like, they didn't have a lot of choice. They were no, like a marketing tool. Yeah. When, I remember when the Eagles won the NFC Championship game, there were people yelling, Trust the process! <laughs> what? <laughs> the process of. Oh, yeah, of course. They, that's the way they drew it up, was that they had to trust the process in which they're. Their quarterback would get injured, so their backup quarterback, <laughs> who they who used to be their starting quarterback in 2014, oh, the and goat Nick yeah, the goat yeah. Nick Foles, yeah. then comes back and wins them a Super Bowl. Of course, that's the process. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, course, just, they had just the like time. Sam Hankey drew it up <laughs> in his fucking bunker. <laughs> but um, but getting Sam back, Hinkie's still out there taking credit for the fucking Sixers. Yeah. like he's just. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure if I looked. I I don't give a shit about Sam Hinkie, but I'm sure if I looked at like anything he said in public, it's something about how like well I helped that happen. Yeah, yep. I'm also a person who's like, yeah, I agree with you, Sam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ryan Colangelo uh, is sloppy. That is true. Like, <laughs> There's no way he could have orchestrated this. Made Hinkie look yeah. so much better in hindsight. Man, he can barely do Twitter. Back to back to man, like these teams trying to foresee their window of competition. I think a lot of teams, like you said, the Braves, I, the 2010 San Francisco Giants were one of those teams where oh, yeah. they were a an Aubrey Huff and an Andres Torres uh, basically away, and then a Buster Posey from yeah. being the world champions. Right. They went from 2009 where they won, what, like 86 games, 88 games? Yeah, they were in it up that. till like the last couple weeks, yeah. but they like they were not a team anyone was taking seriously. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Spielworks put him away. That was terrible. Oh. Ha! Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oof. And then, and then... All it took was all it took was a couple good players. Uh, Juan Uribe, actually, Juan Uribe was good the year before that, so they already had him. They already Juan Uribe is awesome, yeah. and I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So basically, all they needed to do was bring up Buster Posey mm -hmm. and not wait. You know, yeah. and not wait until later on to bring him up. Like yeah. uh, what was it, September, or August, or something, yeah. when they could have. Yeah. Yeah. And it got him a title. Yeah. Well, and they also they put themselves in that position, like something. 
we miss a lot. It's easy from a fan perspective, especially, you know, a modern fan, modern fan perspective where everyone's brains are fucking poisoned by fantasy sports and out of the park and everything that like we, people fantasize about being GMs now instead of players. Isn't that weird? It's fucking demented, man. Because that's me. Yeah. (laughs) I was doing that shit back in 2006 playing fucking, uh, NFL 2K, uh, NFL 2K5, all I would do was run a franchise and draft people, and then they would murder everybody, and I never actually played any of the games. (laughs) (laughs) All I did was just manipulate the system. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, you know, we we are a generation of fans that thinks like that, and part of how that conditioned us is to view sports uh, that actually happen on the field as an outcome of what front offices are doing. You know, we look at everything in terms of the design. Uh, I, I've literally had conversations with Giants fans. I am a Giants fan. And like with others talking about how like the team got lucky to win three in five years and like all the things that they didn't, you know, it's like somehow the fact that Aubrey Huff was amazing in 2010 is like a strike against them because they didn't plan on that. And just like, this shit happens, man. Yeah. Sports are weird. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, no, it's not, like, I'm saying, like, it, 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 it's an a outcome of random chance, but it's not random, it's the players. Like, every, yeah. Hey, man, every once in a while, fucking Brady Anderson hits 50 home runs. Yeah, right? like, the players have agency in this shit. They they make themselves better. Michael you know? Brantley's whole career is just, yeah. like, every year that's good, that he has that's good, it's like, how? Yeah. How'd you do it? And so, occasionally, yeah. Chris Davis makes a run at the single-season yeah. home run record. Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so a way for teams to be competitive, assuming that they actually want to be competitive, which you can't really assume anymore, uh, is to just put themselves in position for, like, a couple things to go right. You know, you become the 2010 Giants because you you build a 85-win team, and then all of a sudden, Andres Torres is just like, I'm Willie Mays now. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. It's, there, there they are. These are yeah. Like, these are the things that baseball teams are not looking at becoming yeah. anymore. They're not hoping. They're, yeah. They don't. Because the down, you know, the downside of being an 85-win team that doesn't get a surprise all-star is not worth it to them. Not when they can just be like, no, nah, we're just going to suck. We're just going to suck and get some draft picks and tweet about them a lot. And well, we'll still make a thing. bunch of money. But here's the thing. is like that's starting to fuck up their whole system. Yes. Because like, they have, like, there is a draft pick currently. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. For the A's, Kyler Murray, who we've talked about before, like sort of in an aside. Um, and uh, Kyler Murray... Was is a Heisman winning quarterback now for the for uh, the University of Oklahoma. He's projected as a first round draft pick. He was already a first round draft pick by the Oakland A's, and if he is then drafted by uh, let's let's just say for the sake of argument that he goes number one overall and receives exactly the same contract terms that the previous number one draft pick, uh, Baker Mayfield, also a quarterback, same size, same skill set, received. He would then get $4 million more than his signing bonus with the A's. And if he goes to the A's, he gets... Well, we're talking about, what, four years in the minors where he's under a development contract. Like, this kid's already in his early 20s, which means by the time... Like, as we were talking about, by the time he hits his prime... He's now th- those are his best years. Yeah. And uh, when he actually has a chance to negotiate for a second contract, people are going to be talking about him coming down. Yeah. Um, so for him to go to the NFL, it actually, honestly, if he can be a first round pick, it makes more sense. He'll get paid more. He has to give the A's back $4.6 million, which that blows. But by the same token, his financial future for the next four years on that contract are well secured. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Like, what do you like? What do we do about this? Kyler Murray is going to make all he asked for ten million more. 
essentially. Right. Yeah. It's what he was trying to leverage. That's not that hard to do. And even Major League Baseball was A's. willing to do yeah, it. Even yeah. from the A's, yeah. Like, even from, yeah, John J. Fisher was worth, like, what, $7.2 billion? Yeah, all the, there's no, all the small market teams, I hate that fucking term, they're all yeah, rich. They're, they're all owned by insanely rich assholes who just, like, could, like, write off the entire expense of running a baseball team. Yeah. Yeah. That's nothing. Like, you own, you own a sports franchise because of their sale price 20 years from now. Like, mm-hmm. you don't own them because they yeah. make you a profit year to year. Yeah. You own them yeah. because when you sell them later... Yeah. They're going to make you money in the long run. And because that's what you do for fun when you're a rich person. You yeah. own sports teams. Like, you don't have normal fucking hobbies anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of the things that you own. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that $10 million more, I mean, it should, it should it, you should just do it. Because he's already going to be the most, he's not only going to be the most popular thing in your franchise, he might be the most popular thing in baseball before he even gets there. Because yeah. his, what he's done already in a, in college football, which is, more popular than Major League Baseball, unfortunately yep. for baseball, that <laughs> <laughs> a sport, a league where they don't even pay their players. I mean, Jesus, look at how the look at how much baseball is marketing Tim Tebow. I know the right? Mets made Tim Tebow, who wasn't even good at football, <laughs> into an attraction. And now they're like, he got promoted to Double A, and we're like, oh I, my God, tell me more. <laughs> Tim Tebow is going to get Major League plate appearances, and I am going to walk into the fucking ocean. Yeah. yeah. I guess we can only hope that Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz are fucking spectacular and carry them to such heights that they're like, oh, we can't afford to put Tim Tebow on the team because he's going to Oh, no, which, no, but they'll do I it. It'll sell saying, them tickets. What, what I hear you saying is you hope Tim Tebow plays in a playoff game. Yes. <laughs> yep. I am a little bit. Imagine, <laughs> imagine Tim Tebow as a pinch hitter hitting like a medium deep fly ball for a clutch sacrifice fly. The, oh my god. The guy who wants the world to this burn is, in me is, yeah. like, is like getting Demarius Thomas in overtime yeah. all over again. Twitter Patrick is very excited. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like, I can't wait to see what Real Trump... Patrick I can't wait like, to see what Trump tweets about that shit, oh. man. Oh no. <laughs> oh, sorry, I ruined it. Yeah. But uh, Kyler Murray, yeah. one of the things he doesn't... He clearly just kind of... I think he's turned off by the, the idea of going to my, the minor leagues, as you said before. He should be. Four, maybe he three to four. He absolutely fucking yeah. should be. He's going to be making, like, $300 a month yeah. and, like, living in a room with six people. And, like, it's a, no, it's a trash system. Like, yeah. it yeah. just, it beats up on young players. Yeah. Um, and it's not fair because there's a ton of money in minor league baseball. There's a ton of money in baseball in general. And, like, abusing that talent, like, the talent at that level, that sub-professional level. Actually, I shouldn't even say sub-professional. These are it's professional. It's very much yeah, people, sports, people pay yeah. money to go yeah. watch uh, minor league games. Yeah, it's fun. Like, I once hung out with the guy who is actually Benny the Bull at a minor league baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke or an exaggeration. Very ask, weird flex. Did you ask, <laughs> him, about, did you ask him about getting his ass kicked by Robin Lopez all the time? I did not. Oh. No, I was like trying to be friends. Okay. He was very nice. He kept paying for all my drinks. So. Oh, shit. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. um, Shout out to Benny the Bull. Yeah. Shout out to Benny the Bull. Um, Friend of the pod. <laughs> he's probably not Benny the Bull anymore. This was years ago. This was a guy. Well, you know, he was at one point Benny yeah. the Bull. Anyway, like the, but like... Kyler Murray is just like making a decision. He like he has this opportunity to make a decision about his future, like which is not something we give to athletes. Like they're forced to go into these draft systems where they don't get to pick where they want to work. They don't have any opportunity to negotiate how much compensation they receive for their labor, and they don't have like they ha- and they have no say in getting into that market without doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, which that's super fucked up. Like the draft system as 
a whole is incredibly gross, I think. Because um, you just, te you're telling these kids who have essentially spent their whole time doing all their labor for free. Like, we've yelled about fucking the fact that college athletes aren't uh, compensated before, which is weird because that's a multi-billion dollar industry that could absolutely throw a stipend at these kids to make some money off of their labor. And then you do it to them a second time where not only do they, like, like I said, they don't get to decide where they go and they don't get to decide how much they get paid. Mm -hmm. It's determined by the league that they're trying to play in. And that's... Yeah, what I'm saying is eliminate the draft, let these kids just hit the market and be like, do you want me or not? Mm -hmm. And here's, like, have, give them a chance to negotiate for themselves. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I'm actually of two... Uh, ultimately, I agree, but I think it deserves more conversation. Because, like, why, why... Okay, why is there a draft? Uh, besides, obviously, the reason there's a draft is to suppress player salaries and agency. But what is the stated reason for the draft? Uh, competitive balance. Competitive balance, right. And the problem with that is that um, what you're eventually... What, what you're actually saying by tying the draft to competitive balance is that we can't trust teams. We can't trust all of these wealthy corporations which are owned by as we discussed it like grotesquely wealthy individuals or groups we can't actually trust them to spend as much money as it takes to field a team that is competitive with the rest of the league they don't actually want to put the resources into that so we have to put these structures into place we have to artificially establish a way by which these teams can be competitive to keep up the pretense that somehow some of them can't afford to remain competitive, which is ludicrous bullshit. I, I don't think it is a controversial stance, at least on this podcast and its listeners, to say, like, pro player, anti-owner, every fucking time. Oh, yeah. No, that's, uh... Always, will, that's, always boo the owner. I will owner. back you up on that. Yeah. That is the basis for most Bauer of our episodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, um... I think it's worth considering how we're actually what that what that position actually means materially because we can talk a lot about uh, baseball players uh, not getting their fair share, which is a hundred percent true unless you're like one of the two like so baseball players aren't getting their fair share because their fair share is a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, um, yeah. it's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, uh, baseball revenues, we covered this last week a little bit, but they're at record highs. Yeah. Um, even adjusted for inflation. Um, and their uh, salary, uh, or what they're paying their players, is down against last year by a sizable amount. Right. And that's adjusted against what each team yeah. is paying. Like it's each down 18%. Is, yeah, eight, uh, 18 million dollars. Oh, 18 million dollars. Yeah, 18 okay. million dollars Well, there's your, fucking, there's your fucking Kyler Murray money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't... You tell me yeah. you don't have an extra 10 million bucks because uh, actually... Yeah. The specific you literally do. <laughs> say that you have that plus 8 million dollars. Yeah. yeah. And one of the yeah. things that helps baseball teams right now is that they've got fans behind them in this mm -hmm. in this Kyler Murray situation. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the backlash towards this isn't is is anti Kyler Murray. It's that he's selfish. Yeah. It's Which, that um, he, he wants too much. And these smart baseball fans have basically lost touch with like I guess the realities of being a human being and wanting control over your own career. But it's very much helping these teams yeah. 
win these situations franchises are winning the pr war absolutely they very much are uh and that is i think a failing in this so in this particular uh case it's a failing of the mlb players union you know one of the things that um is always going to be well i won't say always because who knows what might happen but right now that is a difficulty for uh baseball is that they can't get their shit together messaging wise uh did you guys see that yasmani grandal quote in the last couple days i don't think so i did not uh he so he he took that one what was it a year and 18 million from the brewers he yeah. did, yeah. yeah. He took, yes. he took yeah. the Brewers contract slightly above the qualifying offer given to him by his mm-hmm. previous team, who was the Dodgers. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Grandal was a Dodger. Grandal was a Dodger because they couldn't play him in the playoffs, or they didn't want to play him in the playoffs. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but uh, so he gave this kind of muddled, or through his agent, this kind of muddled quote that basically boiled down to, "I decided to take." a one-year deal with less security but more AAV because it's closer to the annual salaries that guys like Russell Martin um, and I forgot who else got before me, and I want to set the market for the guys who came after me. And, like, there's some sense in that, especially talking about setting the market for the next guys, but it was just this really, like, kind of incoherent, muddled thing that didn't really tie it into the overall struggle that free agents... Uh, are facing and ultimately when it comes to like winning the pr battle you're not going to get a lot of sympathy for a guy who's being paid 18 million dollars a year even if he deserves more no like actually this is the huge disconnect i think with uh um sports salaries and like those of us who are fans is that we hear these numbers like you know what i could do with 18 million dollars a year yeah yeah retire (laughs) (laughs) nothing i could do nothing and it would be great but like but that's not how this that's not actually how this works right. because we're in like this system is built up to make a lot of people extremely rich mm-hmm. and um, when the players show up and like I would also like to be extremely rich off of all this revenue and all this money we somehow think they're the bad guys but they're right. not like they're just yeah. like they're trying to get their cut and because yeah, we see their salaries disclosed, we see them debated, we see them rumored, we see journalists and analysts talking about whether they're actually worth that money. When do you see like a TV talking head? When do you see Brian Kenny talking about how much money a you know the owners of the Cubs make off of capital gains every year? Because it's a lot fucking more the than they're family, paying Chris Bryant. Yeah, yeah the Ricketts yeah. family is rich as fuck. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so that's something that the players' union could touch on, but they don't have that kind of unity because I mean, and I think that's something you know, as as pro labor, you know, always boo the owner sports fans that we need to remember is that we're at the end of the day we're not talking about unite here we're not talking about the seiu or the longshoremen or whatever we're talking about the mlbpa and they're representing a very small slice of very bizarre labor uh with its own internal problems we haven't really talked that much about how fucked up it is that they don't represent minor leaguers at all and how much they're kind of playing themselves in that case uh, but, like, stuff like the the lack of messaging, that they don't have this united, like, you know, it it's a union that I, I, I'm calling, like, right here, we're going to see a strike by 2022. 2022 oh, is when they can, that. if not earlier, if they don't go, like, say, fuck it and go Wildcat. Um, and if they were, like, a, a, a real, like, 
actual normal union preparing for that would have all kinds of talking points, all kinds of messaging. They'd be ready for that. Instead, you have a bunch of guys who are like, you know, crazy weirdos who have the kind of obsessive nature you have to have to succeed at baseball, uh, who are filtering all of their demands and all their discussions through their agents who, you know, for all that, like, baseball fans give agents too much shit, like... Ultimately, these guys are not about... They're not pro-player. They're pro-the-players-signed for them. Like, yeah. No, you I'm know, with you. I'm yeah. With, like, I'm entirely yeah. with you. And, like, this is part yeah. of the reason, like, I'm entirely on Kyler Murray's side. Yeah. Is because, like, this guy... He has this extremely rare opportunity where he can play two different sets of ownership groups off each other. Yeah. yeah. And he tried to utilize it, and one of them was like, we're not going to give you that money. He was like, well, then fuck you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know how like, famous I'm going to be, even if I fail. Yeah, like, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it actually, he's like, I'm good. Like I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be. And like, I think that's probably his math. And like we uh, we didn't actually like present this this way, but we set this up as a hype drag, trying to hype mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, and that's what we're trying to do here because he did the thing that a smart like a smart human being would do, which is he mm-hmm. made sure that. Um, he was trying to do the best thing for himself no matter what. And I'm all for that. Like, this guy did all the work that he could do in his in his preparation for his professional career, which theoretically is what this whole collegiate athletic structure is about. Yeah. To try and get yourself ready for a future career in the MLB, the NBA, the uh, NFL, the NHL, whatever, mm-hmm. like... And he did all of those things, and he gave he had two options at the end of it, and now one of them is treating him like garbage, which is why we're gonna drag people who are mad at Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. baseball fans. Yeah, people, people on MLB trade rumors. Yeah. They're actively <laughs> mad at him. A person who writes for Athletics Nation. <laughs> the one was that the one who got fired? Yeah, she got fired for that. Yeah. Thing. I mean, no, one I, million percent. I, I say fired. You don't really unless unless you're like. Actually, yeah. one of the paid writers, shout out, shout out Mark, sorry about that, they yeah. fucking did you dirty. Unless you're actually, like, one of the real writers, you don't really get fired from mm. SB Nation. Also, just... secondarily, Vox, pay the people who work for you. Yeah, Vox, yeah. can you pay? Support yeah. the Vox Union. Yeah. Support yeah. the Vox Support Union. Support the Vox Union, for sure. Anyway, so... I mean, so... This, this A's writer, she, she got fired, I guess, or she... they. They have vocally decided not to ask her to write stuff anymore. Yes. <laughs> they were like, All the money no that more. she might theoretically ever get paid yeah. for writing for them, she is no longer yeah. getting. Yeah. We don't need to name her, but there, she she has married a sentiment that so many people have married. It's just they're, they're it's mad. It's just her. They're mad yeah. because they feel that this person is dis- their favorite sport. They feel that this person wants too much. They're fe- they feel that this person is, is, is being greedy. When in reality, like you said... He's trying to set the market for everyone else. He's trying yeah. to... If he successfully makes this pivot from college football, uh, Heisman finalist, to 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 uh, Major League Baseball player, other college football players are going to be like, what the fuck? Like... You're you're gonna have you're gonna have like quarterbacks gonna be like, do I want to get a bunch of concussions? Yeah, and maybe make a few dollars and then like have my endorsements run out and not ha- have anything in fifteen years, or I could just play baseball, be a two to three win player for like six years and make so much money. Yeah, I mean, like, Russ Wilson was a uh, fourth round pick, but he went he went into football because actually his guaranteed money money was slightly better. 
Like, yeah. as long as he played up to his contracts. Yeah, yeah that's how, yeah. like, baseball is, re- again, really fucking this up. Like, yeah. the, the, the long-term considerations of being a baseball player are so much fucking better than playing football, the sport that hates you and wants you to die. Yeah. But they just cannot get their shit together enough to recruit a all-time talent like Kyler Murray to, like, I mean, seriously, all he would have to do in baseball is be pretty good. Yeah, he'd have to hit two 260 to three and get on base at a 310 clip. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, like, yeah. he, That's you it. know, he makes, like, one or two really dope throws, and everyone's like, holy shit, Kyler Murray. Yeah. I mean, That's it. Yasiel Puig essentially does it. He's like a three to four win player. Uh, Cespedes. It? Before Cespedes yeah. went to the Mets, the first yeah. four years of Cespedes, Look. he was just, like, a pretty solid, low on base, high power player who produced a bunch of insane highlights. And, like... We're, look, we're all ignoring the goat of made one or two dope throws who is Derek Jeter. Oh, come on. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I was really hoping for some reason you were about to say Jeff Francoeur. Yeah, Jeff Francoeur cool. would be the go-to. Jeff Francoeur has a way better arm than Derek Jeter. Yeah. I remember Everybody has, has a way. better arm than Derek I remember Jeter. In but Derek Jeter made two dope throws. That's true. Two of them. I remember in 2005... In the, on the Jeff Francoeur route, we're going on. <laughs> Giants legend, Jeff Francoeur. In 2005, I had a Sports Illustrated. I don't know, it sat in my bathroom for like forever. Or like it just sat in my living room forever. Like it was, it, it called Jeff Francoeur the natural. And then like what? I think back to like what Jeff Francoeur actually did. And I'm like, he wasn't that good. Like, <laughs> no, he was horrible. He, he was like, but, he, <laughs> but he bought pizzas for fans. Yeah. And no teammate ever had a bad word to say about yeah. him. Shout out Jeff Francoeur. Yeah. Shouting out Jeff Francoeur. Natural. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. I've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've also seen Jeff Francoeur play baseball. Yeah. <laughs> These aren't adding up. This is not Robert Redford. <laughs> Robert Redford might actually be a little better at baseball, like the actor. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I guess for me, last thought on the, the Murray situation and what it says about baseball. Um I know. I mean, I, I guess I've already said it. They they have to get their shit together, and we as fans who care about this can sort of, you know, we have to be honest about the limitations of, you know, baseball struggle because we're not talking about something like the teacher strike here, you know, right? Like we don't we don't need to fly to L.A. to support like uh, former Dodgers holding out for contracts the way we do no, to support the teachers. But and but yeah, go ahead. But. Um, the, uh, you actually turned me on to this while we were getting ready for this, that, like, the players' associations have not stood up for something like, say, a teacher's strike. Yeah. Or the Marriott strike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the players you need... They're not showing up for this. Hmm. They're not, like, they're not coming no. through for other unions who are trying, just trying yeah. to get their fair shake. When these guys are, like, they're very clearly getting fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. very obviously. Yeah. But they're not showing up for other people. And yeah. that's fucked up. Yeah, like, they cro- yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Yankees crossed a fucking picket line. Like, for, okay, first off, how perfect was it with that it was the Yankees? I know a lot of other teams probably would have done it, but well, it was yeah, the Yankees, yeah. and that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. like, yeah, how... That's not even, like, you know, oh, they didn't go out of their way to show solidarity. They crossed a fucking picket line. Right. What yeah. kind of... Just, it, it, yeah, 
MLBPA needs to get their shit together. They need to support other organized labor. Uh, a you know donations to unite here. I mean, Jesus, can you imagine like fucking teachers down in LA out there on the lines and like Clayton Kershaw shows up to like hand like, yeah. out sandwiches? That would be crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, just, that's, all that's you, a fucking that's all giant PR win. What are these guys doing in the off season? They're hunting. Yeah. yeah. Get them away from the hunting for just a second and support another fucking union. You got three years to get it together. Yes. Yes. So, then I guess we're going to just add another drag to our drag list. Tony Clark. Oh, what yeah. What the fuck are you doing, bro? You, you, have, you could do better. <laughs> get Tony Clark at... Get, get, like, get someone like Michelle Roberts. Like yeah, You were the union leader for the Major League Baseball Players Union. You could do more. Maybe be not garbage. Maybe stand up for <laughs> yeah. organized labor. Because you yeah. know what? I guarantee you, if you are willing to show up at this union that represents literal millionaires, like, again, you take money away from billionaires, so I'm all for that. Yeah. But you're literal millionaires, so you could maybe show up and help somebody get health insurance Mm -hmm. one time. Yep. That's it. That's all it takes. Just, like, work with the rest of us a little bit. That's That's all anybody wants. Tony Clark, turn your location on. We just want to talk. (laughs) (laughs) and uh just for what it's worth we um patrick and i did a like a quick segment on um yelling at kyler murray to play baseball that was a suggestion it was yeah (laughs) we were not not telling you what to do yeah like you do you my guy like we're all for you we're behind you you do the thing that is best for you no matter what you know why we said that because we thought it was the best thing for you at the time turns out might not be yeah and uh we're normal people so yeah we're we're gonna go ahead and respect your wishes good luck kyler murray get some like whatever it is i'm all for you rooting for you kyler i do think you're wasting a real good baseball name if you go in the nfl like kyler murray is such a good it's up there with like toughy ghost oh man that's that would be great in a home run call yeah kyler murray going deep yeah oh hell yeah no, it's yeah. great. It's phenomenal. But you know what? Kyler Murray for the touchdown. You can go deep in football, too. Exactly. Yeah. It's all fine. That call yeah. is all purpose. Yeah. As deep as a James Harden double step back. And oh, that's where we fuck! segue. And here we go. <laughs> Captain Corny just made the segue. Ah, oh, you jagged. That was the NBA Western beautiful. Conference. <laughs> <laughs> to the NBA Western Conference we go. All right, let's start with Harden. Not that fun to watch. No, I hate watching. He has his moments. Um, So I will say I enjoy the maybe a travel step back a lot more than the like hook an arm, drive in, have a seizure, get two free throws. I would prefer prefer to watch that, but he does both of them with equal consistency. Like I'm watching James Harden. It's a toss up of like whether or not he's just going to wait for someone to sort of put their arm out there and they just go, Mm -hmm. oh my God, my arms are up in the air taking a shot. Sort of. I hate it, but um, I kind of like it because it's basically how I play 2K. So, <laughs> like, I'm like, but also that's we've bad. Had this conversation yeah, we've, had, we've talked about this, but it's like you shouldn't play basketball like I play 2K. <laughs> sure. like, Even if it's effective, it's dude drives me nuts. For everyone, yeah. dude drives me nuts. But he's also literally the only player on his team, and they are one of the better teams in his conference. So, like, I'm not like I can't hate it. Like, he's obviously yeah. like right yeah. now, James Harden is obviously the MVP. 
The Rockets obviously yeah, the, NBA. the Rockets are in a situation right now where they might be in trouble because they can't come to contract extension terms with Daniel House. And before you say who the fuck is Daniel House, that was I my say, second thing. I was exactly. Say. <laughs> That's where the Rockets are at. So no, I mean it's. There's a lot of reasons to rag on James Harden for his play style and for just being, like, a flaming disaster cartwheel in the playoffs every year. (laughs) But, man, that guy is just dragging a wheelbarrow full of refuse behind him right now. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's amazing what he's doing. He's the MVP 43 games in. Yeah. Check back in April. There's no argument. There's no argument. Yeah. But uh, do you remember Westbrook or Harden? Yeah, <laughs> man, that was weird that that was a thing. Like, I mean, obviously Russell Westbrook is in the balance a very good basketball player, but man, like, is he not on the level of all those guys we thought he was on the level of? It's, no, yeah. it's a not mess. Not remotely. Not remotely. He's not even the best player on his team anymore. Paul George is oh, better. Oh, yeah, Paul George, Paul George is, is better. Uh, Dennis Schroeder has an argument. And <laughs> Dennis Schroeder is <laughs> Dennis Schroeder is not. Yeah, were you, you just ch- yeah. testing to see if I, I was literally almost. I was like, "What if Dennis Schroeder is like player <laughs> plus minus right now?" This is bullshit. <laughs> this if is, I was like, this, "Last out, I'd be like, "No, this is bullshit." This yeah. is me trolling you because yeah. my trolling that I was going to use got ruined yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and explain this as the outsider of this because I'm sure. not a Nuggets or a Warriors fan, thank God. Uh, <laughs> hey, go to hell. It's pretty nice over here, man. I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm having a nice time, actually. Yeah, I'm yeah, good. Things I'm, are great. I'm pretty happy. LeBron James when he's healthy. <laughs> that oh, was I, actually like, the, sorry, as it came it. out of my mouth, I was like, oh, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so what had happened was... <laughs> Ruben set up these, or not Ruben, uh, Jake set up these notes, and he was like trolling the Warriors a little bit. He's a Nuggets fan, Ruben's a Warriors fan, you know, just give him the business. And then last night's game happens. Wow. Um, yeah. It, so I was in our weekly uh, weekly meeting in the International Socialist Organization every Tuesday, 7 p.m. at the Common Good Cafe. It's a great time. Come check it out. Uh, but so I was in our meeting talking about the teachers' strike and upcoming marches for, you know, the Women's March and NLK Day, all kinds of good stuff. But I was being a terrible comrade because I kept looking at my phone and just going like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> the, uh, so the Warriors blew the fucking doors off the Nuggets. They beat them 142 mm-hmm. to 111. Like, it's not... like. It's not even like the Nuggets played that badly. Yeah. Like, no, the Nuggets scored... So, I think the Nuggets scored 38 points in the first quarter. They did. They it's shot just, over 50%, and they were but, down double digits. Yeah, no, like, it just turns out the Warriors <laughs> dropped 51, 51 in the first. In the first quarter. Yeah, they yeah. shot over 60% from the field for the game. They made well more than half of their three-point attempts. And the game, like, the game was at its closest at tip-off. And then just no one ever looked back. Like, yeah, the Warriors just destroyed them. They scored 142, and yeah. Steph and KD didn't play the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, it was a fucking. It was just a. Yeah, yeah, it was a whole thing, and I had so many things that I was gonna do, like finish sentences with what if. Yeah. I, was, I, I yeah. had all these ideas, and they ruined all of it. You know what <laughs> fucked up is this whole Warriors era kind of started with the Nuggets in 2013. Yeah, in that no, first round yeah, series, because uh, Iggy. So yeah. basically, 
The Warriors beat the Nuggets in the first round series in 2013, and then Andre Iguodala was like, fuck the Nuggets, like, I'm going to go over here because it seems like they have a decent idea about how to build a basketball yeah. team. It turns out Andre Iguodala was right. Yes. Like, yeah, like, oh, what if I didn't have to guard Steph? What if it, I was on his team? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't his exact quote something like, oh, these guys actually want to win? Yeah. It was something very, very like that. He was feuding mean, with George Carl because he's yeah. a good NBA player and that's what happens. Yeah, no, like, the second you're, like, sort of good at basketball and, like, your coach is George Carl, you just, you don't like George Carl and mm. that's pretty much it. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was the the launching pad. So uh, I'm glad that the the Nuggets are a thing again. The Nuggets are, I we we were Patrick. We were talking about this a while back, right? That like we were trying to figure yeah. out why the Nuggets are good because obviously they have Jokic, but mm. then they just have like a bunch of guys who are good at basketball. But it's kind of hard to identify exactly how team defense. Yeah, and they're playing to their strengths, I guess. They, like, they play really fast. well as a unit, like. Yeah. Um, and Jok, I think Jokic is so Jokic is by most metrics should be an MVP candidate. He should be. He and is. And he's also like currently like twelfth in front court MVP like All Star voting, he which is, is ridiculous. Like he's yeah. one of the best front court players in the NBA, and there is no argument about this. Of the three major value metrics, he is, and I'm just shooting off the top of my head, so maybe he's top ten in all of them. So player impact rating, player impact, he's up there. ESPN, RPM, he's up there in the top ten. And Vorp, he's obviously up there in the top ten. Like, he is yeah. Like any given top ten Any player. given metric is a really incomplete picture, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like, NBA NBA doesn't have war. It doesn't yeah. have war, really. It just has a bunch of stuff that, like... No, we have here's, box plus, mi- yeah. plus minus, and then Vorp. Yeah. And I don't fully understand what either of those things mean They're exactly. actually the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Vorp is just Vorp BPM is adjusted for playing time. All right. Um, well, cool. Yeah, but like they're they're incomplete. But like anytime you have a player who shows up on everything you can find, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. the thing is that Jokic is obviously amazing, and I think yeah. he should be an MVP. Confer- uh, I mean, the conversation of guys who would be MVP candidates if James Harden wasn't, wasn't right. obviously right. the best player. Yeah. In the league. Yeah. But no, like, but that's what, like right. who's their second best player? Is it Jamal Murray? Is it I Gary Harris? I think it's probably Jamal Murray right now. I think Gary Harris... Well, Gary Harris has been hurt for a lot of the years. Okay. Um, and then Paul Millsap oh, is yeah. just like... Yeah, Paul yeah no, like, that's my same reaction every time I remember Paul Millsap is on the Nuggets. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah! <laughs> um, but, like, fucking Monte Morris is having a great year. Who? Fucking... Yeah. I, <laughs> me too. Again. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez yeah, is having an excellent good. year. Um, fucking Mason Plumley. Is having a fucking all-star caliber year. Like his current VORP is uh, two and a half. No, he's one point three. That's 1. pretty 3. good. That's very good. Was I thought he it was over good. two for some reason. Was he? Right, yeah. Was he the Plumley who used to be on the Blazers? Yes. So the, the thing I will always remember about him is that when the Warriors played the Blazers in 2016, for the up until Game Five, he had a good Game Five. But through the first four games of that series, he had more shots getting blocked. That he had field goals made. That sounds like <laughs> it was <laughs> brutal, man. No, I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's thriving he's now. Like doing yeah. great. He's yeah. doing great. Yeah. The Plumleys and the Zellers. For it. Uh, yeah. Bad yeah. things always happen to them, but Mason Plumley's having a great year. I'm kind of bummed they don't like, have a feud. Like the Plumleys yeah. and the Zellers should be like the Hatfields <laughs> yeah. and the McCoys. Yeah. No shit. Oh my so, god. 
you're here in my team, I see. Yeah, any like plumbies <laughs> or zellers, and if you are listening to this, you step out start some shit. Street. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then, like, Cody Zeller and Mason Plumley become really good friends, and it causes this whole rift, and there's yeah. a war. Oh, now and we got into some whole real Romeo and Juliet Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It'll be great. It'll be nice. I like it. Yeah. But Jokic and Murray are clearly the best two players okay. on this team. Um, they also have a really awesome two-man game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they are really good at give-and-go work more than anything else. Like, essentially, Jokic will head up towards the... Uh, towards the top corner and Murray will give him the ball and cut and then Jokic is just super good at dumping the ball into the single open space that exists and then Murray puts it in the basket yeah. it's just they're extraordinary at it yeah, yeah. I, I really like Murray because he really um, obviously I mostly watch him when the Nuggets play the Warriors and he always seems like he's doing like a Steph cover album uh, and I mean yeah. that as a compliment. Like, why wouldn't you want to yeah. play like Steph if you could? Dame does, uh, obviously. But the, yeah. but the great, I mean, the thing I love about it is that Steph is always like, oh, oh, okay, is that what we're doing? <laughs> and then he does shit like he did last night where he just turns poor Mason Plumley into, like, a bag full of rotten onions and <laughs> throws him into the yeah. audience. No, fucking, like, Jamal Murray's just out there, like, trying to go head-to-head with every single great player all yeah, the time. Yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah, That's what you like, want. He's just like, I want to show up and be the meanest, like, just rudest person I can possibly be. This is how we ended up with him, like, waving goodbye to the guy he faked out and, like, Contavious Caldwell Pope is his yes. name, I believe. Uh, it could have been Rondo. I'm sorry, who? Contavious Caldwell Pope. Which one? The notorious KCP. Who? The best three and D player on the Lakers. The uh, only oh, active player. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> he was very good for the Pistons. Yeah, he was. <laughs> very good for the Pistons is the meanest burn I can come up with. The Pistons. Bar isn't uh, high the Pistons should be on the Padres <laughs> yeah. list, by the way. They didn't used to be, but like since pr- yeah. since yeah. they drafted since, Darko, since the Billups Wallace Wallace yeah. uh, Prince era, yeah, probably. Yeah, like mid June. They got they there. got Blake Griffin, and nobody cares about. Blake. Blake Griffin anymore. <laughs> they got Blake Griffin and I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Andre like, Drummond, oh, Andre Drummond might legitimately be the best rebounder since Dennis Rodman. And we have to ask, is Andre Drummond good? Because he's on the fucking distance. <laughs> I keep thinking he got traded to like the magic or something all the time. Like I'm like, where is oh, Andre God. Drummond playing? It's like Okay, here's the question. If a player gets traded from the Pistons to the Magic or vice versa, does anyone notice? No. <laughs> no. No. They don't. Aaron, like, okay. Aaron Gordon doesn't even notice. Yeah. Did I, and I feel like that happened. There's some... Uh, Tobias Harris, right? Yeah. yeah. he was on the Pistons. No, he was on the Magic. Then he went to the Pistons. And, I, yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Yeah. But the thing with the Nuggets that I like seeing is when they play a team at home, when they're in Denver, and that team is not prepared to go fast. Yeah. They get winded. Oh, they man. cannot handle the altitude. It's real embarrassing. And but last night the Warriors were the just Warriors like were they're like ready we've been, they're like we've been yeah. here before. They, it was a <laughs> statement game. Like the Warriors don't do this as often as they used to do, but they, they have definitely came in knowing that the Nuggets were half a game half a game ahead of them, and that they were going yeah. to be like nah, by no. By the time this is over. You know You're what happened? What happened is they showed up for practice, and Clay Thompson was reading the newspaper as he is wont to do. He reads print, 
Uh, and he was like, whoa, did you know the Nuggets are ahead of us for first place? But if we beat them, we're in first place? And everyone was just like, oh, okay, oh, I, I know what we're doing <laughs> well, tonight. I guess we have to actually try today. Yeah. And I mean, and, and we, you know, we can make too much of like, oh, the Warriors are trying because sometimes they try too much, right? Like there have been games where the Warriors lose, where they are clearly trying. It's just that yeah. what they're trying to do is like, make a bunch of highlight plays and like force their way into shit last night was them trying and being focused at the same time and yeah yeah they were extremely good they're obviously the best team in basketball um they have known dick puncher draymond green it's a dick kicker dick kicker yeah yeah it was a kick he kicks dicks. chris chris paul punches dicks yeah right, right, right. Punches dicks. the point is draymond green real interested in hitting dicks yeah and oh yeah um and yeah like uh and but like we also like i don't know we talked about this a little bit already where we just get mad at the warriors for doing sort of shitty stuff at people but their owner joe lacob is his name, which seems like a misspelling somehow. Nope, no, that's, that's right. right. It's no, right. you know what that is? Lacob is definitely a name of like an Eastern European Jewish family that was like, we need to make our name sound less obviously Jewish so we can get hired. <laughs> it's the same thing my grandparents did. Um, but yeah, he seems to have believe he personally invented the concept of small ball. He uh, is a venture capitalist, most famous for giving money to autotrader.com. He once told a reporter that he had some real fun with the Larry O'Brien. Oh, yeah, yeah. Joe Joe Lacob did fuck stuff with the Larry. Yeah, 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 no, he... Joe, like, Joe Lacob's balls have been on the Larry O'Brien I feel like it's... That's not the worst thing in the world, though. I mean, whatever, like, I'm sure worse <laughs> shit has happened to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah the Stanley yeah. Cup has definitely seen some yeah. shit. It's carried yeah. some stuff. Uh, However, Joe Lacob has two friends in uh, professional sports. They're general managers, and they are the general managers of the Athletics and the Padres. Mm. Really? Yeah. I did not... I'm reading it, but I did not believe it. <laughs> like, friends, who's the manager of the Padres? Jed Hoyer? Know, who cares? Ten, no. Nobody ten, cares who the manager of the Padres. Towers, yeah. Is no, it's, Jed, it's not Jed Hoyer anymore. It's yeah. Tower? Oh, we got to look that up. Uh, Joe Lacob also named his dogs after Ayn Rand characters. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, no, for real. I, I'm try- I can't remember which characters. It's, it's like... Oh, that's so. Funny. I, I I assume it's John Galt, but I feel like he might be like a deep cut. John guy. and Galt. No, I, I feel like he's the kind of fucking weirdo who might name them after deep cut characters. Yeah, I, I would um, imagine um, so. This no, motherfucker, like, he seems to think that like venture capitalists are the people who really are innovating because they <laughs> give money to a guy with an idea. Yeah. No, this Joe, guy sucks. He's this, terrible. He sucks as a human being, absolutely. But unfortunately, I have to admit that he's good as an owner because he writes checks and wants to win. Like oh, yeah. that's all you want from an owner is that's, someone you know, who's going. Fair enough. Yeah, like, that's like a good point. the Warriors yeah. might have with you know if they keep KD and Clay going into next that's year, not gonna they're gonna. I think it might because 
their luxury tax bill luxury tax bill will balloon to like 300 million dollars total mm-hmm. and Joe Lacob will pay that because he's a crazy person who can only interact with other humans I've noticed he's them. a crazy person yeah. because he's teamed up with Peter Gruber a film producer whose last good movie was Batman Returns in 1992 I really like that movie it's a good movie it was good <laughs> you know what, do you know what Peter Gruber has done since then Produce Lifetime movies. It's Goober, right? Not Gruber. Goober. Goober. It's yeah. Goober. Not. He, he's not. He's not related to the guys from Die Hard. No. Yeah. No. He's not. He's not. Yeah. He's not one of those. <laughs> yeah. You know, on, I bet you make a lot of money for a little effort doing Lifetime movies. It's fucked up. It's probably true. But back to yeah. the idea that KD might leave. Oh. Or, okay. okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna go right back. He weirdly loves San Francisco. Yeah. He oh, yeah. loves that city in uh, ways that he... Steph has never even considered. I forget which. I think KD loves being the fucking like center of attention more than he loves anything. Well, he's like a big he's like a big he's... You remember when he put out the cupcake sneaker? Yeah, well those yeah. those sneakers are really nice. <laughs> but he <laughs> No he one really said loves... they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. No but... one ever hears about no one ever hears about Steph in North Beach. No yeah, oh, yeah. what, about, what like... bar is it that KD drinks at in North Beach? Uh I think it's right next to this park, which I forgot, but I know I've been yeah. there because Obviously KD's main attraction to the SF area is all the tech shit and investment shit. Yeah. But like going drinking at a bar in North Beach, that's a little towny, yeah. right? Like he's not in the marina. He's yeah. in North Beach. He that's can walk him once He can like yeah, he can have a few cocktails and head over to City Lights. That's some Barry Zito shit. Yeah. He spent his whole career in the Bay. Oh, yeah. And he's still there. He's like, That's he not like, quite... Tim Lincecum is, was on another level, dude. Tim Lincecum drank in the Richmond. He re- Tim Lincecum drank at the 540, dude. Yeah. Tim, I saw Tim Lincecum in, on Valencia in, like, 2009. Oh, <laughs> Timmy is such a fucking legend. He is a San Francisco legend. Yeah. I very much have no access to, to this conversation. Yeah. 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 You do work near where Tim Lincecum goes to drink but that's fine <laughs> yeah it's just well, we can't we don't actually know that for sure we do because yeah Bleacher Report blew it up but yeah. fuck them they ruined it so yeah. the point is that KD does have some ties to San Francisco that might hold yeah. up and it's a question I mean I think essentially for KD he doesn't know what he wants to do yet but no. when he has to decide it's going to be a question of do I want to put up with another four or five years of like Am I the guy here, or is Steph the guy here? Steph's the guy here. Uh, do I want to put up with however many more years of Draymond? Um, yeah. Known dick puncher Draymond yeah. Green. Who just, like, okay. Draymond, I, I love that Draymond Green is on... Kicker. kicker. I'm sorry. Dra- dick kicker. <laughs> I'm ap- I apologize for getting the appendage that he utilized to hit dicks yeah. wrong. Yeah. But, um, yeah, KD is going to have to weigh <laughs> those things against the fact that, like, if he goes somewhere else, it's not going to... Playing basketball is not going to be like it is on the Warriors. Playing basketball on the Warriors seems pretty good, man. Yeah, being a Nick is hard. Ask Mello. Ugh. <laughs> no, don't ask Mello anything. Never ask Mello a single word, because Mello has no idea what actually playing basketball looks like. <laughs> You're a Nuggets fan, how dare you? <laughs> this is sacrilege. You know you not fondly remember the mellow years? Are you not? No, oh, I do. Re- I do fondly remember the mellow years, and I... they involve somebody kicking to mellow in the corner, and then he jab steps for thirty-five <laughs> seconds and shoots a three. That sounds that's it. pretty cool. If that's all, awesome. when he like, missed Patrick, it, Patrick, yeah. he, he missed. He missed yeah. the three. He in this. Harden of his. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh God. No, like Mellow is OG James Harden, yeah. but like oh. not actually as good. Yeah. I saw a picture yeah. of Mellow um, fishing uh, last week, and he looked so happy. Good. It was the face. I'm happy for him. It was him. the face of a human being. That's just like, you know, I don't want to play basketball ever again. He had a cigar in his mouth. He's holding this giant swordfish, I guess, and he's just smiling, and I was like... Good for him. Yeah. I'm Critical support for Carmelo him. Anthony. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. So Good. For him. That's great. Mello, yeah. please never, ever play basketball But if KD again. looks into his future with the Knicks, it'll kind of look like that. Yeah. No. So, there's a possibility... Anyone's future in the Knicks looks yeah. like that. There's a possibility he leaves, certainly, but... I don't think it is more likely than not. I think it is just a big question mark. Uh, a lot, honestly, depends on how the season ends. Like you can, the Warriors are certainly the favorite for the title, but they're not a shoe in because weird shit happens in the playoffs. I'm gonna say they're a shoe in. I'm gonna say. Uh, oh right, right. yeah. Debar- what Boogie, for- Boogie comes back on Friday. Yeah, we yes. haven't even talked oh, about Boogie. Yet. We've been oh about yeah. In the Western Conference, yeah. Can we, can, we, can we talk about how the Warriors are just gonna all of a sudden be like? Oh man, nothing in this play is really working, and we got six seconds left. Dump it to Boogie. Yeah. Uh, did anyone see his sneakers? Am I the only one that saw his sneakers? His ska sneakers. His ska sneakers. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I saw so him. much. I yeah. Saw him. Well, mostly thanks to you. But My man yeah, is out here him. wearing ska yeah. shoes, yeah. And so I like yeah. him a little bit now. Whereas I used to think he was mother whatever fucker. Yeah. <laughs> no, like we don't know what Boogie's going to be. He's coming off an Achilles. He's always had questions about his effort and his defense, but. I don't think people realize how much of a joke the Warriors' center situation has been for this entire run. Dude, you had Andrew oh, yeah. Bogut. Missed- yeah, Bogut was their best center, and he was already broken. Like, yeah. Andrew Bogut used to shoot 40% from the free throw line because one of his you arms was inside out. Of, uh, who's the guy who broke... Uh... Zaza. Zaza Pachulia. Yeah. Zaza, yeah, he was just like 16 minutes a game of like not ruining everything. That was the best we could hope for from the center position. Now you have, fall on your ankles now. You have, like, <laughs> one of the two best centers in the league. Yeah. Cool. So like he might come back so, at like super dope. He so might come back at like seventy percent of himself, but like honestly, if Boogie comes back and he's just the supercharged version of David West, he'll be the best center the Warriors have had yeah. since like I don't know one year of Chris Webber. Yeah. JaVale McGee. Javale McGee was legitimately one of the Warriors' better centers. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing right now for the Lakers. He's he's playing his ass off. It's I, unfortunate and weird. Yeah, doing oh, it. yeah. Like, no. Javale's great. Incredible. It's just he can only like play well for ten minutes at a time before he has an asthma attack. Yeah, that's why Tyson hey, Chandler. Do not in. talk bad about Javale McGee. No, Javale's great, man. I love Javale. <laughs> Javale McGee is Warriors the, legend. Javale McGee is the greatest. Yeah. He dunks on his own hoop, which yeah. is yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, I actually sort of enjoy it. It's like, so it's part of the experience. Yeah, I I quite enjoy it when he does yeah. that, and I'm a Lakers fan, and I yeah. see it. And I there was one moment where LeBron saw it once, and he just was like, "All right, yeah, done." He just, <laughs> like, he just, what, he just ran yeah. across the court and was just, just like, immediately texted Tyson Chandler, yeah. "Like, get a buyout, dude." Like, All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, what a Javale McGee is awesome. I will not brook any. No. <laughs> no, no, we're we're Javale appreciated. Javale McGee man. is my boy. He like he's a two-time champion with the Warriors. He's a yeah. Warriors legend. Oh God, okay, fair enough. I hate Javale McGee. <laughs> <laughs>
I was like, where are you going with this JaVale McGee stuff? You love JaVale McGee. He was on the Nuggets for like four or five years, right? He was, yeah. he was there for a while, yeah. yeah. He was there with like Chauncey Billups like at the end of Chauncey's career. I think he actually he was there with AI. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was there in 2013. Yeah. I remember him dunking on Bogut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Yeah, it was a really cool dunk. And He does that a lot. Yeah. He's good at it. Yeah. He's got talents. Yeah. No, JaVale's great. So JaVale's new team, my team, the Lakers, the Lakers. Um, they looked like they were going to be good when LeBron was there. And it looked like, it looked like, <laughs> like Magic Johnson had this, like, crop of young talent that was just it looked like sky's the limit just lebron just needs to go in there and mentor these kids they're gonna go to the playoffs this year then okay then they're they're not gonna win the championship but then the next year they're gonna make a run and all of these commodities that that uh magic was selling him they kind of look like they look like a not as good as maybe advertised they look like but yeah brandon ingram Real bad. Cannot play off good. the ball. He's Lonzo Ball. Tell me, tell me one nice thing about Lonzo Ball. He fills up the stat sheet pretty well sometimes. That's cool. <laughs> he's got he's got a good haircut. He's, Lonzo Ball's hair is pretty good. He's pretty good hair. He Hold cut on. it all off though. Oh, oh well, what the fuck, Lonzo? Yeah, he cut it off. Yeah. Uh, um, Lonzo Ball's career free throw percentage is forty three point seven percent. Yeah. Without looking, I am pretty sure that Steph Curry's career three point percentage is higher. Uh, it, ha- it has to be. That is extremely it has rude. To be. Yeah, it's extremely it has to be rude. rude. His three point has to be over Lonzo's. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I'm pretty sure Steph's career three point percentage is like forty four point two or something like that. I'm gonna look it up now. Do you wait it out with these kids? No. I mean, I think you I have. Don't think so. I think you have to. Like, I think LeBron had to know what he was getting into. He had to know that this was the possible downside, and there's not a lot of ways out. Like, seriously, what are you going to do? Trade Brandon Ingram and, and expiring contracts for Anthony Davis? That's not going to work. No one's going to take that. Like, actually, that sounds rad. I'm actually all for that. Yeah, but, but no the, Pelicans would, the Pelicans wouldn't take it because that, the Pelicans yeah. would be like, hey, so we're ready to trade Anthony Davis. Can you do better than Brandon Ingram? Spoiler alert, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he'd be trading these dudes for pennies on the dollar. Um, and no, because like the only the only player on the Lakers who's actually a worthwhile asset at this point is Kyle Kuzma, who's there's no there's no one else worth getting rid of. Like, I mean, you have Josh to, Hart is he does everything. Oh, well. Josh Hartnett, yeah, Josh he was Hartnett. In, uh, he was the, the, in the no jacking off movie. And the, yeah. the yeah. faculty, <laughs> he was in the faculty. Yeah. Great yeah. movie. He was in the faculty. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Pe- did you guys watch Penny Dreadful? Oh, yeah, that's I, right. I watched, yeah. I watched the first yeah. 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 I, hate, I hated the ending of that show, but the first two seasons were great. Yeah. Josh Hartnett plays a werewolf cowboy. A werewolf I heard, cowboy. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he's, great show. Yeah, he's also a two that can D up a big. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. If you want, like, Josh yeah. Hart, can, he can play defense. Werewolf cowboy for Anthony Davis. Yeah. And he can sh- It's just that he's not spectacular in any of those things. Yeah. Not even as a werewolf cowboy. <laughs> no. But... <laughs> But man, Teen Wolf lied to me. I know, all right? You Look, think that if you the Lakers are bad, game? you are the fire fest of NBA teams. Not gonna lie about that. Yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not, you're I mean, not it, it'll that. look better yeah. when Braun comes back because Braun will, is the good. No, like you just got suckered into believing in this team, <laughs> and now like, look did at I get you. suckered into it? 
They get suckered into all those champions? I mean, maybe in like 1995. No, this yeah. team. This team. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Like, Braun has too much dignity yeah, they are gonna make not the to make the playoffs. He's going to drag them in, and it's going to oh, be LeBron, miserable. LeBron is going to make the playoffs. The yeah, some other guys might join him. Yeah. Whether how good they're going to be, it's how many of them are going to be there at the end of the season. Yeah. I... Kyle Kuzma, if you're lucky. Kyle Kuzma, if we're not lucky. Be... Or, yeah, if we are lucky, or maybe not because he's the only thing that they could actually trade. He's the only one dumb enough to actually be playing well. Do they now. have they have cap space in the offseason, right? Yeah, they they can get a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, their whole plan is to dump all of these morons and uh, get new... I mean, yeah, but like if the idea was to players? trade... If the idea was to trade all the young guys for guys who can play now, they should have already done that because nobody wants the young guys anymore. Like, the idea yeah. behind... You, you don't trade for Brandon Ingram because of what he is. You trade for him because of what he could be. And right now, what he could be looks like, oh, God, more of this? It's very scary. It's yeah. not... They should have yeah, they should have fucking traded for Kawhi. Like, they should have thrown the fucking... Yeah. Like... I don't know. I mean, obviously, who knows if Kawhi wanted to go there, if his agent was like, Kawhi's not re-signing, I don't care what, but, like, eh, they they missed an opportunity, uh, and now it's, now LeBron is hurt, and uh, KCP is your best 3 and D player. Dope. Yeah, he is our best 3 and D player. Yeah. He's very good in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He used to be, he used to be one of those guys where I was like, oh, man, Steph's gonna have a tough night. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, oh man, you know how sometimes you see a player like kind of misfire on a three because they're too open, like they psych themselves out? That's how Steph's going to have a tough night. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only way that he's, that, that KCP will get a hand in his face. Yeah. Is by not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else is in, is in the West who might be like serious in the playoffs? Uh, I mean, OKC, just because yeah. of how good Paul George is playing. Yeah, like, Paul I, George is an MVP candidate. Like, I honestly uh, did not see Paul George ever being this good. I, I didn't think so. I you thought didn't? He was, like, I thought he was always great. Like, I, I know he's he great, but he like, never, like, this level. extremely I thought, solid all around player. I thought Paul George was, like, a perfect number two, and it turns out that he's actually... I mean, yeah, Paul George is amazing. Uh, Steven Adams is top five center, maybe? Yeah, I think so right now. Yeah, I, 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 watching him play is incredible. Yeah, he's he's a brick wall. Uh, he's incredible, and he uh, never stops moving. Yes, yeah. that's kind of what you want. Yeah, the big man is just an engine that never stops. Yeah, no, OKC is going to make noise in the playoffs for sure. So here's the problem, though: the Warriors will never lose to Russell Westbrook. That's that's real life. Yeah, like they, to Russell Westbrook. I mean, they Literally. specifically Russell Westbrook yeah. shows up and like goes for twenty and twenty and ten, and then he loses by yeah. twenty. Well, and specifically, the Warriors <laughs> like are thing. really the Warriors' defensive game plan is all about give Russ his stupid shots that he can't stop taking, and he always takes them because I mean, if you if someone leaves you that open, you're going to shoot a three, and then he misses, and then. The Warriors have the ball. Yeah, like they—they just—they're really good at game planning for Russ. It's how they beat the Thunder in 2016 when Steph was playing on one leg. It's how they're always going to beat the Thunder. Uh, yeah. Unless something crazy happens, OKC's not getting past the Warriors. Uh, but I would like to see them play the Rockets. 
That oh, would be that would fun be, as every shit. Every time OKC shit. and the Rockets hook oh, up. Oh, God damn. I mean, yeah, that that's would be fun. second round in well, the no, wet. it wouldn't be because it'd just be Russell shooting step-back three-pointers and then James Harden shoots step-back three-pointers. But they might put PG on Harden, and that yeah. would be dope. Yeah. God, I hope they do. Yeah. That so that cool. that's that's the West <laughs> the the Western semis for this year that I'm hoping for are Rockets Thunder and Warriors Nuggets. That the, would be oh, sick. Oh, that's a really that's that would be great. Uh, and be and really you great. can like you can sub the Lakers for any of those teams just because like yeah. it's always fun to watch LeBron. But yeah. but those matchups would be awesome. I mean, when he's healthy, they he they're they're like a third fourth place team. Because LeBron is LeBron James. Probably, but, like all everybody is kind of glommed yeah. up together in the West right now. They really got to avoid that eighth seed because that just means you're going to get stomped on by the Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what, yeah. Do dude, hey, I want to see the Kings get the eighth seed. I want a Warriors Kings first round. That fighting, would be so that would fun. Be, that would fighting be weird. For the eighth seed in the NBA just seems like a waste of time to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's the would that's you, what you do when you're a team that okay, just really yeah. wants to make the playoffs for once. Yeah, the, the Kings will fight. Yeah, for the eighth seed. they for sure will. And that whichever arena that they're playing in at the time will be fucking crazy yeah it it'll be nuts it'll kings fans show up man like yeah, they, they, they will do. make some ticket sales on those two games yeah i'm i'm shocked at as many kings fans as i know that haven't just pivoted to warriors fans yet it's actually like wow that's impressive the <laughs> yeah you shamelessly like, pivoted because no one would notice dude i wouldn't notice you just be like i'm a boogie loyalist <laughs> it's great <laughs> You can yeah, you can figure that out one way or another. You do not have to like the Kings. They like the Kings, and I respect that. Yeah, salute. Shout out Kings fans. Yeah, shout out to Kings shout fans. Shout out Kings fans. Your team's not good enough for NBA refs to fix a game for you or a series, but you're pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a dickhead. <laughs> Damn, man. Like douche. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. Good podcast. Speaking of dishbags, who did you want to drag? Oh, I want to drag fucking Donald Trump, which we don't normally do political shit, and this is not political shit. Wait, we don't do political shit? We do 100% political shit. Yeah, but we do it sort of tangentially. I literally said we should abolish capitalism earlier this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was the first 15 minutes. We were 15 minutes in. Obviously, yes, abolish capitalism. (laughs) But uh, Donald Trump had the Clemson football team... The I'm gonna do. Hang on, I gotta do the uh, air quotes that no one can see. National champion Clemson mm-hmm. football team, like, cause fuck the whole system with the NCAA. <laughs> like, whatever. Nobody fucking cares. Um, but he had Clemson to the White House to come eat dinner, and he served them. Literally, Wendy's, McDonald's, uh, Burger King, and pizza. And I've talked before about how I used to work for a uh, football team on the uh, medical staff. And when we would get back on the bus after taking a 30-point loss, they would drive us over to the closest Mickey D's and hand every single person on the bus a sack with... Two cold McJuniors and a cold fish fillet on it. And that was lunch as we drove the four to five hours back to campus. So this motherfucker decided that that was an okay way to feed the fucking national champs, which. No. Mm. Like. 
If I had to sit there and eat the food that someone gave me when we just took an L, where I had to deal with taping up a bunch of angry football players who were getting the shit kicked out of them, Donald Trump has clearly never touched a football team in his entire life. He has no idea what it's yeah. like to be on one of these teams. He has no idea what's happening. He has no idea what it's like to actually try to feed 70 people in a room. Yeah. I mean, it, like, guaranteed uh, he wouldn't do this if, if it was a hockey team. No. Or a baseball team. No. When I the mean, Chicago Cubs went, did he give him McDonald's? I mean, he might because he thinks that shit is good. Yeah. No, it seems it seems like him. It seems yeah. like him. But fucking, no. This is not okay. You do not just feed people the shit that they have when you have to get back on the bus and drive back to campus and... <laughs> I mean, you know what it is, is yeah. it? It is right-wing virtue signaling. It is that That's fucking so phrase they always gross. throw around, virtue signaling, where you apparently, like, it's a bad thing to, like do anything in public that displays you might not be a total piece of shit. But the ostensible idea behind it is that you are showing your, you know, doing something just to show your values in public. And that's what it is. It is yeah. Trump showing in public, like, my values are, like, eating fucking cold-ass filet of fish Yeah. Like, cool. it's it's just... It's, it's super dope, yeah. my guy. But you know what? Anybody who's ever actually been on a bus with a football team already had that shit. Yeah. And to show up at the goddamn White House and be yeah. served that is disgusting. After beating Alabama. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I've heard is very hard. I've been told it's very difficult. You had to sit through an Imagine Dragons halftime show. Lil Wayne was bad. Imagine Imagine Dragons and Cold Wendy's? Fuck. And then you win the game. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, okay, I guess I'll go to the White House and see this idiot. Maybe, maybe I'll get some lobster and steak out of the deal. Nope. Maybe I'll get a prime rib. You know, who knows? Room temperature baconator. Maybe I'll have. Maybe I'll have, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll have, a, I'll have caviar for the first time in my life. Let's see. Let's see if this happens. And it's like, oh no, it's this shit. Cool. Welcome to the White House. We have the meats. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, motherfuckers. This was All Sports Are Bad. I am Jake Whipple. You can find me at Wildly Pointless. I'm That's Patrick on the internet. He, you can find him at, at PatrickJCS. Ruben, plug yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, Ruben Poling. You can find me on Twitter at, at LiesAndPerfidy. Uh, and presumably at some point I'll ever actually produce publishable writing again. Uh, and in the meantime, you can find me every Tuesday night at the Common Good Cafe in the U District, 7 p.m., public meetings of the International Socialist Organization. Come do something about this shit. And you can find us on the internet at allsportsarebad.com, on Twitter at allsportsarebad. We are on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. I'm uh, sorry, Josh Hart. You're not Josh Hartnett. I'm actually sorry, Josh Hartnett. <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm actually sorry, Josh Hartnett. Let's redo that. Sorry, Josh Hartnett.